0: We're gonna jump into this new series that's called Warrior. Warrior, and so open your Bibles to Ephesians chapter six. Ephesians chapter six, verses 10 through 12. This verse says, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. For we're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in heavenly places." Whoa, there's a lot there in that verse. And so let's pray and ask God to open our hearts today as as we unpack his word. God, I thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for those that got baptized. Thank you for everybody in attendance. We just calm ourselves right now. We just, just, uh, we wanna tune in to you. God, I pray that not one person leaves this place without without you speaking to their heart and speaking to their life through your word. God, I pray that they, as they hear this message, God, that it wouldn't just be me speaking, but that you would use me to speak to them through the power of your word. The Bible says that your word is living and active. And I just pray that that is true for every person in this room right now. We open our hearts. God, we say yes to you. Speak to us, Jesus, amen. Amen. So this series is called Warrior, and that that word kind of sounds tough. It kind of sounds strong, right? And warriors have to have a battle, right? They've got to have something to, to fight in. They've got to, they're, they're standing for something and, and warriors aren't just dudes. There's lots of girl warriors throughout history. And so, man, this is for everybody. And so even if you don't feel like a warrior, man, just think of this as, as, as a broad term in this series to describe somebody who is fighting for God's causes. So we're in a fight, right? A warrior has to have a fight and we are in a fight. But it's probably not the kind of battle that you think when you hear the word fight. And that's why we're going to focus on three things in this series to unpack and to just, just, just um, you know, talk about what does it mean to be a warrior in the family of God. And so the first thing that we're going to think about is, as a warrior, we're going to pick the right battles, right? Why? Because too many times we fight whatever battle comes up. But warriors know what they're fighting for, and they engage in the most important battles in life. You know, so much of the time we're a slave to the urgent. Just whatever is loudest on that day. Man, we get a a Facebook comment that just rattles our cage, and man, man, we're picking up that fight. We're jumping in that battle for the day. But we don't want to be a slave to the urgent or a slave to just whatever is loudest and most annoying in our life, right? We're not fighting people just for the sake of fighting. We're fighting for a purpose, and so we're gonna pick the right battles. We're gonna talk in this series about using the weapons of warfare. Why? Because many times we try to use the world's methods to fight spiritual battles. Have you ever been there? That you're like, man, I've got this battle I'm fighting in my life, whether it's a personal battle or a family battle or a, a battle in the workplace, a relational battle. But a lot of times we bring a squirt gun to the fight instead of our sword, which is God's word, right? We use Facebook instead of his book, amen, to fight our battles. But we're going to talk about using the weapons of warfare because we need every tool that we have at our disposal to fight well. And then lastly, we're going to talk about getting and staying battle ready. Why? Because it's hard to stay, it's hard work to stay ready. Alert! It takes discipline, focus, evaluation, and adjustment. And so my prayer for you throughout this series is that you get some tools in your tool belt, that you figure out the right right battles to fight, and that you say, hey, I know how to fight. I know how to do it God's way, not the world's way. Listen, no matter where you're coming at in life, life is too important and too much is at stake to take a haphazard approach to life to just be like, whatever comes, whatever happens. Life's too important. Too much is at stake. And listen, the battle in the short view, whatever's in front of you this week, kind of the junk, the circumstances, the baggage that you're carrying in life will always be bigger than the reward in the long view if it's all you can see, if it's all your eyes are fixed on. And so we need to clarify that. What is my battle? Listen, the greater the battle the more important the vision. The greater the battle, the more important the vision. That's why we're gonna talk about vision today. This is the first weapon of your warfare, it's vision. Because what is a warrior without something to fight for? What is a warrior without something to fight for? So you and I, we need a very clear vision of why am I in the fight? What am I fighting for? Who is the enemy? Where's my place in all of this, right? And so number one today, we're going to talk about why do I need a vision? And we're not talking about the Marvel character. Any Marvel fans out there? You've done the whole chronological order. You've watched everything. You've watched all the post-credit scenes. You love it. We're not talking about that vision, right? We're not talking about the American dream, just whatever is on your, your. maybe you have a vision board at home, you know, what you want to see in life. Not talking about that kind of vision. Why do I need a vision and what does this look like? Listen, you're gonna arrive somewhere in life. You might as well get there on purpose. You might as well get there on purpose. Your destination determines the direction in which you run. And so what does that mean? No direction or no destination, no direction. No destination, no direction. This isn't just a pithy statement, it's biblical. You've got to know where you're running and what you're fighting for. In 1 Corinthians 9:26, Paul says something that just cuts right to the heart of things. He says, "I don't run aimlessly. I don't box as one beating the air." Right? He's not just fighting to fight. He's not just working out. He's not just, you know, running like wherever life takes him. He's going somewhere on purpose. So what does the Bible say about vision? Proverbs 29:18 we're gonna look at a bunch of different um, translations of God's word here. It says, when people do not accept divine guidance, they run wild, right? Have you ever had a time in your life where you would just characterize as, man, I ran wild, right? Because you wouldn't accept the guidance of, of maybe a, a father or a mother or those that had gone before you and, and you definitely weren't listening to, to Jesus, right? Another translation says, where there is no revelation, people cast off restraint. When I don't have a vision, where I'm going, how am I gonna get there? It's like anything goes, right? How about this? Where there's no vision, the people cast off restraint. There's the word vision, right? King James Version, it says, where there's no vision, the people perish. Vision is incredibly important to your life. If you don't have it, the Bible says you'll perish. And then the message, I love this. It says, if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. And let me tell you, I've been there a time or a thousand where I'm walking through life, I'm trying to do my best, but I just literally feel like I'm stumbling all over myself. And what I realize is I'm trying to do it my way and I'm not really tuning in to what God is saying and where he's leading me in life. And so why do I need a vision? Well, first of all, I think this begs the question, what kind of vision are we talking about? We're not talking about the American dream. We're not talking about, you know, the Marvel character. What are we talking about? And here's the best definition that I could come up with this morning that I think is applicable to every single one of us. Vision, for our purposes and our context today, is where God's heart and my life intersect. Where God's heart and my life intersect, right? God has been, has existed forever. He has no beginning and no ending. This is all his story. He wrote it all. He created you, he created me. And so where his story and my life intersect is where I catch a glimpse, a vision of what my life should look like. Another way to say this is this this is me catching a glimpse of my role in God's story. Listen, you're not just living your own story. This isn't just about you. This life is not just about you know, what you can do with it. You're actually playing a role, and, and may I say with all the humbleness I can, a, a very like, supporting role. Like My life is like, is like, I'm like a, what do they call that? An extra, an extra in God's, in God's movie. I'm an extra. I'm just, a, I'm just somebody that is, gets to play a tiny little small role in the grand story of God. And so what is my vision? It's when I catch a glimpse of my role in his story. Another way of saying it is a, a vision for your life could be a picture of God's preferred future for you. Don't you want that, man? I know that I want that. I know that when man things get quiet and I lay my head down at night, you know the things I ask myself, God, am I am I doing it right? Am I am I obeying you in all the areas that I should? Am I, am I living the life the way you want me to live it? Because there's a lot at stake. I'm leading my kids. I'm leading an, a church. I'm, I'm leading people. I want to get it right. Amen? And so the vision that you put before you is where God's heart and your life intersect. It's not something you just make up from your own artistic creation or your creativity It's God's plan for your life. There's two parts of this vision. Why do I need a vision? Because I need to personally realize God's plans for my life. Listen, you can know God's plans for your life, but that's a whole other thing than getting it down in your heart. How many of you have gone to church before and not not really been moved? Anybody? Like you just walk out and it's like, man, I just went to church today. That's not God's plan for your life. When you intersect with his word, he wants you to be changed. His word says that you, he wants you to be renewed, transformed by the power of his spirit. And so there's two parts of vision. Personally realizing God's plan for your life. And then The specific area, like there's, there's parts of God's word that are for everybody. Love God, love people, the great commission, go and tell. There's all kinds of things that we're all supposed to do. But then throughout scripture, God gave people specific jobs and specific roles and specific plans for their life. So your, your role might, definitely, might, might actually be staying in your current work, being an, a, a minister in the marketplace, leading people to Christ right where you're at in whatever job you're in. Or God might have a specific role for you. Some people pray and ask God, where do you want me to go? And God sends them to the other side of the world. And so what is God's general and specific plan for your life? And then there's corporate unity around God's mission and vision for the church, right? And so there's the personal side of vision and there's the corporate side of vision. That's why I say that life's too short not to enjoy church. I would much rather you fully engage in a church than just come and sit here on Sunday morning. That's why I love what God has done in Steve and Felicia's life because they realize, hey, man, I don't just wanna come, i want to be a part of the transformation that is happening when people give their lives to Christ. The corporate vision is is we align, we align ourselves around a common vision and purpose to serve the great commandment and the great commission, right? And so why do I need a vision? Because God wants you to have one. And it's where your life and his story intersect. Number two, what makes a, a good vision? What makes up a good vision? I believe that first of all, it's inspiring. It's inspiring. Listen, if I'm not inspired by God, then what in the world am I inspired by? I actually think that, the, that, that if we're not inspired by God and what he's done, that there's probably something a little bit off in our hearts that we need to bring into alignment with him and say yes to Jesus. I know for me in my own story, inspiring often also means terrifying. Have you been there? That God inspires you and then you're like, whoa, God, you want me to do what? You want me to tell who? You want me to step into what? I love it. Don't Get afraid when you're a little terrified when God inspires you. It's okay, step into it. I think another thing that makes up a good vision is that it's specific but flexible at the same time. It's specific but flexible at the same time. What do I mean by that? When you look at the scriptures, you see people take all kinds of twists and turns in their story of following Jesus. For instance, think about Stephen in the New Testament. He was the first martyr for the sake of the gospel. The first martyr in in, in the New Testament that died for the sake of Christ. Listen, his job was to wait tables and to take care of the food program, distributing food in in the early church, but he also preached and and he was martyred. So he had a specific job, wait tables, but he was flexible and he stepped out and preached when God called him to. How about Paul? Paul planted churches, but he also went to prison, right? And just because he went to prison didn't mean he wasn't still in the vision that God called him to be in. Think about David. David was called to be a king. That was the specific vision for him. But he was also a fugitive. He was also on the run. He was also a musician. He did a lot of different things. And so it was specific but flexible at the same time. I pastor a church. And hopefully I lead at a high level in this organization. But you know what? I also set up tables and I set up chairs and I do whatever needs to be done to to, to bring something to the table in the corporate vision that is Mosaic Church. And so your vision is specific, but it's also flexible and it's inspiring. You think about Moses in the Old Testament. He had a vision that God had given him to to lead the, the Israelites into the promised land. What an amazing vision. Guess what? Moses didn't make it. He disobeyed God at one point in the desert and God said, because you disobeyed me, you're not gonna enter in the promised land. But Moses got to see it from a distance before he breathed his last breath. And guess what? God walked with him till the very end. And so he had a specific vision, but it was also flexible. Just because things fell apart at one point, he didn't stop serving Jesus and he didn't stay committed. Hebrews 11, one says, now faith is the substance, substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Sometimes, you're going to be hoping for a vision that, man, it just seems like, oh, God, I caught a glimpse, but I'm not sure if it's still there. I'm not sure if it's really what you want for me in my life. But the evidence that it talks about in Hebrews 11.1 1 is you living out your life with God's vision for your life in your actions, where God's vision gets in your actions. And it's like, no matter what, I'm going to hold on to that vision that God gave me and follow Jesus. In fact, in Hebrews 11:13, 13, it talks about many of these people, and it says that all these, people were, all these people died still believing what God had promised them. They did not receive what was promised, but they saw it all from a distance and welcomed it. They agreed that they were foreigners and nomads here on earth. They had vision. They saw that this world was not their home and they were following Jesus. They were following God, not to just a place of provision and substance here on this planet, but they had a home that was eternal. And they were just, the Bible even uses the word aliens and nomads here on this earth. This earth was not their home. This earth was not their home. And so what makes up a good vision You got to grab hold of something. I love Ephesians 6, 13 and 14. This is our, you know, part of our passage for this series. And it says, then after the battle, you will be standing firm. Stand your ground. Man, I think that's a vision that we can all grab hold of today. That after the battle, during the battle, before, during, and after, I'm standing firm in the promises that God has given me. My eyes are locked on something that is not in the here and now, but it's something that I'm shooting for. It's a destination where I'm going. And so you ask Joe, well, what's your vision? My vision, my personal vision, I wanna end well. I wanna hear well done. I want to, when I cross over from this life to the next and I breathe my last breath, I wanna stand before Jesus and hear those words, well done. That's it. And by the way, that's a filter that that trickles down into every single area of my life, how I lead my kids, how I how I I, I'm a a wife to or a a husband to to my wife, to Jolie, how I do all of life, how I lead the church, everything that I do runs through the filter of that vision. I want to hear well done. I want to have endurance. I want to stand firm after the battle. I don't just want to crumble. I don't want my circumstances to to determine my choices. I want to be guided and directed by God's word and his spirit. Amen. And so number three today, how? How do I find and pursue a vision? You might be saying, Joe, I don't even know where to start with all this. Man, you said a lot of of stuff and some of it's good. Some of it I slept through and some of it, you know, it's just like, man, it's just kind of not making sense to me. But let's talk about how do you start? What do you do with all this? I love the picture painted for us in Habakkuk chapter two. It gives us some great practical handles. And so in Habakkuk two, one through three, it says this. It says, I will climb up to my watchtower and stand at my guard post. There I will wait to see what the Lord says and how he will will answer my complaint. Then the Lord said to me, Write my answer plainly on tablets so that a runner can carry the correct message to others. The vision is for a future time. It describes the end and it will be fulfilled. If it seems slow in coming, wait patiently. How many of you needed to hear that today? For it will surely take place, it will not be delayed. Now, not everything God promises is gonna happen in this lifetime, but it will happen. And you can hold on to the vision that God has given you. And so let's unpack this for a minute. Before we do, I just want to tell you a quick story. Last weekend, last Saturday, if you saw me kind of limping around this place, it's because um, the day before, I ran a race with Matt Powers, our sound guy here. uh, And we had a blast. It was hot. We ran three. 13 miles and did 32 obstacles and four or five miles of this course were through sand dunes in the blasting heat. I think it was like 90 that day. It was hard, right? And let's just say Me and Matt, both of us probably didn't train quite enough for this kind of challenge. Have you ever been there? It's like you stepped into something really hard and you're like, man, I wasn't ready for this. Well, about mile 10 or 11, both me and Matt were like, oh my goodness, (laughs) we're gonna die. We don't even know if we're gonna make it to the end. And so at the end of the race, we get done. And um, you know, um, I've run quite a few races like this. This was Matt's first race and Matt is just laying down on the ground moaning right and so I even took a video of him and he's just literally like laying face down in the dirt and and he and he's cramping up like his leg is just cramping and so he's like oh he's kind of screaming a little bit because his his quads are cramping and he's he throws a gator uh, a gatorade bottle under his quad and he's like rolling it out and he just looked hilarious wallowing around in the dirt so sorry Matt I just had to pick on you today but after Matt gets up out of his waller and, um, and he's got dirt all over him, after he already hosed off you know, from, from the, the mud race, um, you know, we start talking and we're both saying to ourselves, man, if we ever did this again, right? If we ever did this again, we might've done things a little bit differently. We might've trained a little bit harder. We might've incorporated some different kind of workouts into our our regimen and we were like man wouldn't it be cool if we ever do this thing again to actually finish strong now we ran like the last 25 yards where you jump over the fire and run through the thing and and we're like oh but like like 25 yards before that we're like oh and we don't even know if we're gonna make it right we put on a good show for the finish but in reality we're like we're about to fall apart and so we're like man that wasn't pretty so maybe next time we want to We wanna actually be able to run the whole way. We wanna be able to do it with endurance. We wanna be able to do it and still have life at the end. We wanna live out that verse that says, man, at the end of the battle, man, I'm gonna be standing strong, right? Many times you'll find your vision through failure and hardship. Marriage falls apart lose the job, friends betray you, life just happens. Maybe you make some horrible choices and and you're like, man, what did I get myself into? Listen, we've all been there. And I just wanna encourage you today, there's still hope. There's still hope. And you have that light bulb moment, maybe even right now this morning, it doesn't have to be that way, that hey, God through his mercy has given me another go around. He's given me a second chance and I can have a new vision for my future. That's completely different than how things have gone up until now. And so three things that we see in this passage in Habakkuk, the first thing we see is to wait on God, to wait on God. It says, I'll climb up my watchtower and stand at my guard post and I'm going to wait on God. And so this is the meantime, this is the waiting room where it's like, God, I know that what you want me to do, but I'm not there yet. What do we do in that season? When we're searching out God's vision for our life, here's my best pastoral advice that I've learned throughout the years. Do what God is already blessing. If you don't know what God wants you to do yet, jump in and do something that God is already blessing. Maybe there's a ministry at church, maybe there's a ministry in the community and God's blessing it, but you see, hey, hey, there's more to do. Guess what? Jump in, try something. Try a ministry, try a a volunteer opportunity, because many times in trying one thing, you'll figure out either that's where God's leading me or, hey, God has another place for me. And he'll he'll bring clarity through the waiting, but don't just wait and sit there and twiddle your thumbs. You know, waiting on God is not just sitting there and saying, okay, God, I'm waiting, waiting for you to move. Waiting on God means I'm gonna engage in his story and do what God is already blessing. It's a battle of serving. It's a battle on your knees praying. It's a battle seeking Jesus. Again, let me tell you one more story from my life and, and where this really rang true. I was in college and I was a youth leader at a local church in Minneapolis where I went to school. And um, I'd been serving in the youth minister for a while and we finally got into a building. We were portable, setting up and tearing down in a middle school. And so once we got in this building, like new teenagers started pouring into our youth group. And, I was kind of at that point in my life where I was just hungry to serve Jesus, and I'm like, God, whatever I could do, and I've always kind of had the personality that, I mean, I, I want to talk to every single person in the room because I want everybody to know that they matter, and if I could just do one little thing to show them that they matter, man, it's all worth it. And so this girl comes into our youth ministry that was like introvert times 1,000, right? She, she wouldn't make an eye contact. She wouldn't make eye contact. She wouldn't talk to anybody. She was just very, very reserved. And so but she came to youth. And so I'm there and I'm asking her questions and I'm just smiling and trying to pull something out of her and talking to her and just, just, just making sure that she knew that, man, we're really, really glad that she's there. And so this went on for a few weeks and we're just trying to, her name was Erin. And we're just trying to chip through that facade that was just like, I'm not gonna talk, I'm not looking at you, I'm not, I'm just, you know, we're like, do you even really wanna be here? But, you know, we're not saying that, we're just saying, hey, we love you, right? And so after a few weeks of coming to uh, the youth group, we get a letter, a handwritten letter, um, given just anonymously. I don't even know how it got to my youth pastor, but, um, but it was unsigned. But guess what? We knew exactly where that letter came from. It was from Erin. And she wrote that, you know, as she came into that youth ministry just a few weeks before, uh, she was on the verge of taking her own life because she thought no one saw her, no one knew her, No one cared, no one listened to her, she didn't come from a good home, she didn't come from a good life, and she was almost convinced that she didn't matter. And just from three weeks of coming to a loving family of believers, it completely changed her perspective. Wouldn't you know that after a few more weeks of being there, there's a big huge smile on her face, this, this extreme introvert was talking, interacting, having a great time, right? all because of something so simple, all because not just me, but people like me jumped in and did and became a part of what God was already blessing. You know? And so that's a lot of what figuring out, you know, how do I find my purpose in the vision? Jump into something that God is blessing and love on people. Do what God's created you to do. Man, I, I believe with all my heart that, her life was saved, not because of me, but because a collective group of believers just said, we're going to love people. We're going to do what God is already blessing. The second thing that you, can, you could do to find and, and pursue your vi- uh, God's vision for your life is to write it down. You know, spend time in God's word every single day, reading, and write it down. Write down what you think God is saying, and write down what you think he wants to do you to do with it that day. And then when you, when you open up that journal, the next day you get to look back and you say, hey, how'd I do, right? How'd I do? How, what am I doing today as I write it down so that I can run with the vision that God is placing in my heart? What did the word say? It said, write my answer plainly on tab- tablets so that a runner can carry the correct message to others, right? And so I'm gonna write it down. I'm gonna write it again. I'm gonna rewrite it. I'm going to, as often as he's speaking it, write down what God has putting in my heart so that I can meditate on it and get it deep down in my life. Listen, God is still writing your story. He's not finished with you. He's not finished with you. No matter what you think, no matter how far you've run from him, no matter how far you think you failed, no matter how broken you think your life is, he's not done writing your story, so you don't stop either. As he keeps speaking, write it down so you can run with it. The next thing that we see in this verse is that we need to begin with the end in mind. What does it say? It says, the vision is for a future time. It describes the end and it will be fulfilled. Listen, if you were to begin with the end in mind, what would your family look like? How would it change your parenting? What would your friendships look like? How, you know, what do you want your friends to say about the time that you were their friend? you know, when, when, you, when you pass on from this life. What about your work? What, would you, what, what do you want people to think about you or, or what kind of impact do you want to make in your life? What kind of legacy do you want to leave by the kind of life that you lived in your workplace? Begin with the end in mind. You see, Jesus doesn't always show you every little jot and tittle of what you should be doing in life but he gives you this end picture. And when you begin with the end end in mind, you're saying, oh man, God, I want my life to matter. I want my life to mean something. I I want to do it right. And so how do we find and pursue a vision? We wait on God. We listen to him. We do what God is blessing. We write it down. We stay in God's word every day. And I'm going to begin with the end in mind. Why? Because if I always focus on the battles right in front of me, I'll never see the bigger picture. I'll never see it. And so that's why I'm gonna begin with the end in mind. We're gonna end today and close today, Kathy, if you could um, help me here, with God's vision. You know, we've talked about today, you know, you finding your vision for your life and and if you're gonna be a warrior, you gotta know what you're fighting for and you gotta really get laser focused on what does God want me to do? But it all started with God's vision for you, with God's vision for us. In John 3, 16, it says, for this is how God loved the world. This is God's vision for you. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. That so that, in that verse, underline so that. If you got your notes, underline so that. God so loved the world, he gave his one and only son, so that, those are two huge words. Because you could think of of your life, like what are you doing so that you hear well done? So that people in your life are forever different because of your influence. Man, I'm I'm, I'm beginning a, a life group class tonight, I can't wait. It's called developing the leader within you. And, and tonight specifically, we're talking about influence and growing your influence so that people can meet Jesus. Man, I don't care. I, I couldn't give a rip if you ever remember my name. If you ever know you know all about my life or me personally, man, I'm living and I came here to Milford, Ohio so that somebody else could meet Jesus. So that, what are you doing with your life so that something bigger than you will be true? So that somebody else will cross over from this life into heaven because of your influence? You see, God's vision for you was that he was gonna lay down his life in your place so that you don't perish but have eternal life. Aren't you glad that God had a vision for your future? Aren't you glad that Jesus followed through? Aren't you glad that Jesus pursued his vision without faltering? Aren't you glad that he still has plans for you that is spelled out in that verse? Plans for a hope and a future. Aren't you glad that God's vision for your life is better than yours? Man. So what is your so that? Man, I encourage you to go home this week and and dig into these notes, dig into these verses and pray, God, give me, give me a so that, that I'm doing X, Y, and Z so that I can fix my eyes on whatever Jesus wants me to fix them on, so that I can have a vision in the future that is bigger than my present circumstances that caused me to walk through it with strength and vigor and, and endurance and persistence, never quitting because he's worth it, because he said you were worth it when he went to the cross for you, amen? Man, church, we get distracted by so many things. Oh man, we get distracted by all kinds of political things and Facebook arguments and relational discord and just stuff. Don't lose sight of the vision that God has put on your heart. Maybe this is a realignment Sunday for you where you're like, oh yeah, God, I remember. I remember. I've gotten distracted, but I, I, God, I remember. I remember why you put me here. Help me to keep my eyes on it, Jesus. You'll never be a warrior without having something to fight for and your vision matters. It's worth searching for. It's worth fighting for. And so some of you this morning, it's time to intersect with God's heart today and start following him. If you could bow your heads and close your eyes. If that's you today and you say, Joe, man, I've seen God's vision for my life. That God sent his one and only son to die my place so that I don't have to perish, but I can have life to the fullest. I can have life eternal. I could spend eternity in heaven with Jesus and I can have life abundantly here on earth. If that's you today and you say, man, it's time, it's time for me to align my story with God's story for my life. I wanna give my heart and my life to Jesus. I wanna say yes to God. If that's you today and you wanna begin a relationship with Jesus with all the boldness that you can muster, I just want you to raise your hand. Say yes to Jesus today. Jesus, that's me. My hands up in surrender saying I wanna follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. Whether you're here in this room or online today, if you raised your hand, I just want to encourage you to to say a prayer. Say, Jesus, my life is yours. Help me to follow you. Help me to seek you. Help me to continue to say yes to you every day as I get to know your word, as I follow you in Jesus' name. If you made that decision today, I want to encourage you to check that box on your connect card or on the online connect card um, that, that says, I, I decide to follow Jesus. I'd love to get some resources in your hand and help you take your first steps in your walk with Christ. If you're here today and you say, Joe, I've gotten off of the vision that I know God gave me. You've been following Jesus for a while. You've been, you've been serving God, but you're like, man, I need to get things back in realignment. If that's you today, um, I'm gonna say a closing prayer, um, and I just want you to raise your hand with me as we pray. God, I thank you. I thank you that you continue to bring us back into alignment with your word. I thank you that you continue to speak life over us. And I just pray that for every person in this place that wants to follow you, that you help us to follow your vision for our life with all of the the endurance and and strength and and just being full of your spirit, God, that, that, that we could possibly have. God, I just pray for you to lead us. God, make our path clear. Help us to not give in to temptation. Help us to just stay committed to you in Jesus' name.